The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, all right. Coming to you in vivo, live from Acapulco, Mexico, um, at the Anarchapulco uh, event. But before I get into that, let me just uh, remind folks about Julian Assange's plight. Last December, Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st. That's coming right up uh, at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited and renditioned to the United Soviet States of America, as I like to call them. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London, lighting the fuse for freedom. Uh, so uh, let's stay up to date with Julian Assange's case. Oliver Stone just uh, threw up a video as well in support of that and yeah i'm i'm uh, out here in, in anarchapulco the we had an opening um sort of party last night um and uh, today was day one jeff berwick of course uh speaking we've been hanging out uh, every night at max egan's bar the crow house i can literally see it um from where i'm sitting right here and hanging out with a lot of great folks patrick hennison getting to meet my virtual colleague uh for the first time uh, just hanging out a lot of with a lot of the speakers here, you know, Steve Falconer, um, whole bunch of folks. David Av Avocado Wolf was walking around, Miriam Helene, um, whole bunch of uh, interesting folks. So uh, you can purchase the replay or or, or um, watch the the live stream. I think I think so. Yeah, Anarchapulco that is going on. Uh, yeah, and David Ike as well. David Ike uh, spoke this afternoon uh, virtually. They beamed him. Uh, in and you know Jeff Berwick is pretty um he's kind of blackpilled he says they might not do another anarchopolco and you know he, he he espouses a lot of the the similar the same views that a lot of us do uh you know he thinks that they're going to do something crazy this year or next that would make it very difficult to uh you know to run another anarchopolco uh like a cyber uh, event uh disease x you know his, his his thesis was that um disease x would be where they activate whatever was in the vaccine and a whole bunch of people start dropping dead uh which is you know that's what bill gates said when he said um you're gonna notice the next one right so he uh we'll we'll see what what happens but the fun times uh, out here and the craziest story um of the day is coming from politico absolute dystopian insanity the title of this article from politico is here's your life in 2040 if the eu's climate plan works fewer stakes a carbon nutri score on food labels bike shares galore and incentives to downsize once your kids move out uh, i mean it's it's insane when these you know this is just from a couple days ago politico uh, and they project this insane vision of the future where you're not eating meat, um, you're not driving your car, you you live in a cramped, a prison-like apartment. Literally, that's what they are 
saying and 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 promoting uh so the, they even say why a veggie diet matters um consuming less uh they say and it's it's absolute insanity so they're trying to get uh buy-in from the public into this neo feudalism um and i just can't believe we're reading this stuff every single day talking about a greener job market you know what what's next you know pretty soon they're gonna say you should probably euthanize yourself around the age of 60. Um, you know, all that sort of madness. So that is going on. Bitcoin uh, has hit above $50,000 for the first time since December 2021. There's a lot of crypto talk here at Anarchopulco. Uh, you know, Monero and there, there are different workshops and events discussing that. I'm not a big crypto guy, but um, if it works for you, fantastic. Uh, and there was this crazy story joel osteen the prosperity preacher in the u.s um his church out there in houston texas there was a shooter a trans shooter i believe was identified as janice moreno who also went by jeffrey uh and so this uh person uh, over at the lakewood church um they pulled out a gun and opened fire and then then i believe um they they were eventually killed by people there who were armed um and it's interesting because i had planned to visit that church not that i'm a fan of joel Osteen, but i went to the ron paul conference last year in houston and it was right next to that church and i was planning to go this year uh just to attend um just to see what what a joel Osteen church um service is like but um it's it's sad to see this sort of stuff and people who are not right in the head uh with using guns to to shoot a whole bunch of people um so yeah uh, that, that that was an uh, unfortunate event in the U.S and then Joe Biden people are talking about this Twitter post from Joe Biden's account where he's got demonic uh, eyes and it says just like we drew it up uh, and a lot of people are saying they're they're messing with us the regime is literally messing with us I don't know what to make of this demonic eyed Joe Biden from the official Joe Biden account saying just like we drew it up just like you drew what up <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on here. Kamala Harris says she's ready to serve as Biden faces age scrutiny. I mean, we're going from dumb to dumber here. Come the, the the cackling Kamala Harris, who has never said anything intelligent, if you ask me, um, to replace Biden. I mean, we're going from bad from bad to to worse. Uh, Kamala Harris uh, was detailing her priorities for the campaign during a flight on Air Force Two when she was asked a delicate question. Uh, hanging over the Democratic ticket. Do voters' uh, concerns about Biden's age mean she must convince them she is ready to, to serve? And uh, James O'Keefe's recent um, um, work where he blew the whistle, he was talking to someone in the White House circle who were saying uh, that they can't drop Kamala. They might have to run Kamala. Uh, so, yeah, that is some of the news here also a reminder if you've got an upcoming community event rally march festival or fundraiser that could do with some free publicity tnt wants to promote it for you simply visit the what's on events calendar on the tnt website submit your event details and we'll get the word out helping you make a difference on today's news talk tnt talk that matters for once we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world today's news talk radio tnt
in a significant show of opposition to London Mayor Sadiq Khan's ultra-low emission zone, Ulez expansion, approximately 400 protesters took to the streets in the London borough of Sutton on Sunday, successfully obstructing visibility to around 80 enforcement cameras. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Uh, funnily enough, uh, the mainstream uh, media, if I'm not mistaken, is reporting that the protests involved only 20 people, whereas uh, I have a report here from the Epoch Times that says a little bit more than that. <laughs> uh, the protest was organized by Action Against Unfair ULEZ, uh, and it apparently was successful. They rendered the cameras basically inoperative, which was... Uh, Cool, because that allowed vehicles non-compliant with ULEZ standards to drive across the borough without incurring the daily 12 uh, and a half pound charge. Uh, Howard Cox, that is Reform UK's candidate for the 2024 London mayoral election, praised the peaceful nature of the demonstration, highlighting its success against what he termed the quote-unquote cash-grabbing ULEZ. He sent a text to the Epoch Times and said the following, quote, Great to see a successful, peaceful protest against Sadiq Khan's cash-grabbing ULEZ in Sutton. No arrests made and no one hindered whatsoever. Decent, honest people rightfully showing their disgust at the mendacious London mayor's attack on the poorest drivers and small businesses, end quote. The protest, which lasted three hours on Sunday afternoon, was meticulously planned to ensure no ULEZ enforcement camera within Sutton was left unobstructed. That's right, they covered them all. The demonstration was attended by Kingsley Hamilton, aged 45, a bus driver and member of the organizing group. Mr. Hamilton, who has a personal stake in the matter of transport costs due to his young son's health condition requiring frequent hospital visits, utilized his 1967 Routemaster bus as part of the protest. The activists' efforts were met with audible support from passing drivers, indicating broader community backing for their cause. The move comes in response to Mayor Khan's decision to expand ULEZ coverage to encompass approximately 90% of Sutton, a change that was met with significant local opposition. A council-backed petition demanding a delay in the expansion until public transport options in Sutton were significantly improved garnered thousands of signatures. While some activists have previously resorted to damaging enforcement cameras, <clears throat> a criminal offense carried out primarily by a group dubbed the Blade Runners, it's a cool name actually, uh, Mr. Hamilton was keen to emphasize the peaceful and lawful nature of their protest. The Metropolitan Police confirmed that they were quote-unquote aware of the protest, reporting that the event passed peacefully without any arrests. Mr. Hamilton told The Telegraph, quote, there are 107 cameras that we are, are aware of, but a lot of them have been deactivated. We got at least 80 covered today, so every single camera in the borough is either deactivated or is being covered 
with a placard today. We've put messages out on social media advertising the fact that it is only for three hours, so drivers can do what they would normally do, like visit a relative in hospital without being fined. Even people who have compliant cars had to fork out and get unaffordable loans to buy these compliant cars. So it's all very well saying that people have compliant cars now, but they've still got that loan to pay off, that loan that they didn't need during a cost of living crisis. Finally, he said, quote, some of the cameras in the borough have already been deactivated. Obviously, that has nothing to do with us. We are not condoning any criminal activity, end quote. So there we go, Harbori. A nice example of how a peaceful protest and everybody kind of doing it all at once actually works, right? Funny. Too bad we didn't all do that during the pandemic, yeah? That's right. And I can't imagine, you know, they, it says they got to pay 12 to 50 British pounds daily um, just to drive as they normally would. Um, you know, th this is that neo-feudal tax that they're trying to implement. Um, and this is ground zero because if they succeed uh, out there in the UK, they're going to be doing this the same thing wherever you're living, you know, here in Mexico, um, out in Australia, the US, Canada, other countries in Europe. Uh, and so it's important that these people fight this now, but it's it's difficult ruckus because you have to this has to be sustained it has to be you know daily every weekend protest and it gets tiring you know it takes a lot of energy uh it takes away you know it's it's a financial issue because you're you're out there uh, protesting and so i i don't know you know the, the state always plays the long game They've got the money, the resources, and they could just wait it out until um, some of the protesters get tired. But it, it's it's right here. It, this dystopian tyranny is is upon us, um, and they're going to tax us out of being able to own a vehicle. I was just mentioning that story from Politico. Now they're openly talking about Politico in Europe, in the EU in 2040. Um, you just they're openly saying you're not going to be driving a car deal with it you're not going to be eating meat uh and we have to it's like a red alert now we have to tell everyone about it i'm still shocked that i was i kid you not last night i was having a conversation with someone uh here at anarchapulco and there are even people that attend these anti-system events that are not familiar <laughs> with the great reset or uh not terribly familiar with like klaus schwab and davos and if if even the people attending the anti-great reset um events some of them are not aware of this it's not looking good your your further thoughts ruckus yes it's not looking good is it um i think the 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 fine there uh for the american uh folks such as me i think it's like about 16 bucks just a little bit less than that so you understand what they're charging people just to live their lives, just to drive their car. And then they, they slap on these new rules and suddenly you didn't do anything. You didn't change. But now, like, you're basically treated like some sort of criminal against the planet and you didn't do anything different. You're, you're the same person, the same car you were yesterday. You wake up tomorrow and now it's going to cost you an extra fine to drive to work. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. 
I'm very happy at this protest. That's very shocking what you're saying, that even the people who should be aware of these things are not. Um, but I would imagine that means that they're probably really skilled or expert in one thing um, versus the other. And that's why we got to do these things. We all kind of got to come together and put our heads together, uh, you know, as all of our heads together are better than one, my friend. Yeah. And, you know, the other problem is there are people even in the alt media movement who think that this is all just happenstance organic. Um, I think it's clear that we've got an elite intentionally, you know, concocting up these policies. And some people think, no, there's no conspiracy. No one plots in the room. It's, you know, it's just the system, how it works. And I'm like, sorry, dude. Um, there are people planning making these plans for the green agenda and to take away our meat you, you, right before our eyes we see them making the policy and implementing it globally um so there is this conspiracy there are people who are sinister and acting evil and our time is running out ruckus and so i, I, I as you said we got to put our heads together and figure out what to do and i guess get out of the cities at least if if they're gonna succeed with that with ulez in in urban areas what else can we do except run run for the hills um all right we've got uh one of my tnt colleagues uh coming on the program jason as my first time having him on the show uh, as always feel free to uh, call in uh, feel free to call in and chat with jo uh, jason and myself we'll be right back TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics. How to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare. How to assess proposals by the Who and its members for responding to pandemics and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population, populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, joining me on the program, I, I was a guest on his show uh, not too long ago. I was in another location in Mexico. Where was I? In Manzanillo. Now I'm here in Acapulco. Uh, and I think it's important to, to for us to talk uh uh, on each other's programs and introduce the different audiences to the different folks on, on uh, 
TNT. And so joining me is Jason Olburn, host of World Series News, creator of A Million Mums for Informed Consent and advocate of citizen uh, journalism, citizen politics and citizen intelligence. Blows the mind with fresh intel and stories to shake up the old world. How are you doing, Jason? Terrific, Kavoya. It's great to be here. Um, there's so much going on every single day. And it seems that if you don't talk to one of your friends or colleagues in a month, you, you've got 10 new stories to talk about just to see what's going on in this eventual collapse of what has to be the end of the Western Empire as we know it. I mean, just watching back the Putin interview uh, is something else just to consider if you juxtapose Vladimir Putin against Joe Biden. One man can do 40 minutes on history over a 1,000 years, and the other one is struggling to put a thousand letters together, a thousand characters to form a sentence. Um, it's just incredible. And to think that this great big information protection racket continues onwards and onwards and onwards. And yet here we are. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was going to ask you for your thoughts on that interview. I, I did watch it. Um, it was interesting. I thought maybe it would be a, a bit more interesting. Uh, but, you know, you, you make that point that you know, put in comparison with many Western politicians, he blows them out of the water. And I, I don't know if you heard the rumor that now that there, it seems like the West might be throwing Biden under the bus. They're talking about he's getting too old now, the main papers. And hey, maybe we'll get Kamala. And my view is like we're going from bad to to worse. Um, um, and any thoughts, you know, from your vantage point out in uh, Australia, your, your further thoughts on U.S. Uh, imperial politics? Well, thanks for the invitation, and uh, you're kind of you're going to open up a, a bigger windbag uh, in, in this particular story. Now, I was just watching uh, last week uh, Kim Staten's The Trust Fall, the movie about Julian Assange, um, and in it there was a, a comment uh, from memory that went along the lines of the one thing that you need to do when you become a leader is convince people that you don't want to lead. And there it was today in the Gateway Pundit, a story about Kamala Harris that was shared from the Wall Street Journal saying how she was ready to lead and be president. Well, that's a faux pas completely. I mean, there's nobody in the world that will accept that Kamala Harris is the substitute for Joe Biden. I mean, it's the equivalent of Dan Quayle with George uh, W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, I should say, as vice president. I remember Jackie Mason, the comedian, saying every morning we woke up whenever Bush was in surgery. Is he okay? Is he okay? We can't have Quayle as president. It's just a, a bridge to Far. And I feel like we're in the same boat now with, with, with Kamala Harris. I mean, you can't get a, a further distancing of uh, the quality of a candidate or a potential leader as you do going back to the speech, the uh, the, the, the interview with, with Putin and Tucker Carlson. I mean, just the level of detail, the enthusiasm, the fact that uh, Putin was, you know, calling him out and saying, well, is this a talk show or is this a serious interview? And he had Tucker on the back foot, uh, which was kind of impressive just the same. There were many things in that interview. Again, I, I thought there'd be a lot more. I thought he'd be talking about biolabs and all sorts of different things there, but he didn't need to. He just needed to impress upon the world the difference between the two leaders. Uh, it's similar here in Australia when John Howard was the Prime Minister from 1996 to 2007, our second longest ever serving Prime Minister. The moment that Kim Beasley was replaced by Kevin Rudd, uh, Howard overnight looked 20 years older than he'd ever done in his entire term, mainly because they had similar sort of round faces. Rudd looked young and smiling and happy. He was talking about computers at the time as the future of education. He was trying to give a fair go. People were struggling um, in, in that lead up to the GFC, things were tightening up. And, and, and so it, it's interesting that uh, you can have a, 
a, a long-term view of um of, of how the political trajectories is going, but then something can come in and jolt it. And this particular interview is one such occasion that it appears now that Biden's on the ropes and you've only got to watch Corinne Jean-Pierre in uh, in those um, uh, White House press briefings and Peter Ducey just asking questions. And she does the same thing all the time. She she nods, she looks still, she she looks down to the side and she says, well, I'm just going to say it to you like this and, and, and make up another round of absolute BS that nobody in the world believes. And we're seeing, I, I think, that um, the end of this Biden administration one way or another, whether it be Kamala Harris, whether or not uh, they decide to have a, a double play with uh, with two women and introduce Michelle Obama somewhere in there at some stage, you, you kind of feel that that, that play's uh, coming along uh, soon or later. Although I tend to think that when they do that, that the advertising of uh, Michelle Obama praising Harvey Weinstein uh, will be played on loop from that moment on. And you have to then question the judgment of someone who was married to the former president with access to all of the intel in the world pretending that she didn't know that uh, Harvey Weinstein was a, a scumbag uh, and uh, anyone associating with those types of people should be automatically disqualified from public office just for their bad or lack of judgment. Yeah, and since we're on the, you know, um, topic of Putin um, and, and and Tucker uh, and the 30-minute history lesson he gave on Russian and Ukrainian history... Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm here at Anarchapulco, Jeff Berwick's events uh, in Acapulco. And, you know, there, there are rumblings and people here talking, slightly worried about a third world war. Um, and, you know, Berwick was saying they're trying to get it started. And, yeah, I, I've been I've been talking about that as well for months, that this the Western Empire wants to get the Saudis to bite the Iranians, the Russians. And it seems like no one wants to start that party yet. But the, the West is adamant uh about it what are your thoughts when it comes to escalate you know military um es escalation well putin's got absolutely no interest in in escalating and starting world war three he pointed the finger squarely at the cia he even suggested that tucker carlson at one stage wanted to join the cia and tucker very uh, innocently sort of threw the Teflon coat on and let that one go through to the keeper. He didn't want to know about it, uh, which I found was was really interesting. It's very clear to me that it's the West and this uh, NATO blow up. And uh, now we're hearing that, uh, you know, the, the, the hit pieces against Trump concerning uh, NATO and funding, they're kind of saying that he's saying that Russia can have a free for all. All he's saying, of course, is that uh, if you don't pay, you don't get service. Uh, that's a pretty easy way to do it. He's asking for you know fiscal accountability, um, the way that governments expect all of us to be fiscally responsible and pay our taxes and go about our lives and be good you know citizens of the country. Well, it's time for countries to become good citizens of the world, and that doesn't mean to become part of any globalist regime. It just means that they've got to do what they say they do. Stop making excuses for yourself. So when I when I look at the from a a world view, it can only be the West that's doing it. They know that they're in a whole lot of trouble. They'd love to start some sort of conflict before Trump is re-elected in November. I think it's almost a lay down misere at this stage that he's going to win because uh, they are already surrendering uh, stories today about um, uh, the money that's just been announced in, in Congress. In the US, I saw that JD Vance came out and pointed out that they've got clauses in there that it should Trump stop the funding 
of uh, Ukrainian uh, war money up until I think September of 2025. Uh, it, it, it means that they can try and impeach him again, like the first time they did with Ukraine when he was asking for um, some accountability back then. So they're, they're planning for him to win, uh, which I find astounding uh, that uh, that they maybe they've outplayed their whole uh, voting system. Maybe they haven't necessarily got things in place to go back to mail-in voting with some form of disease X or something else that they've got up their sleeves. So it's hard to believe that us here uh, talking about this, and of course, all of our viewers and listeners think going along, going, how is it that we seem to be down two separate realities now that we 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 see the plans, we know what's coming up, we call it out, but it doesn't seem that the um, that those in in the mass movement of humanity are quite catching on to it, and maybe it's because people expect to be led by their traditional conservative uh, news choices. I wouldn't say con- what they the news is conservative, but people are reluctant to sort of. Accept explore something new until they do. And then you can create a new habit by going, wow, when did that get here? And that's what I'm finding at the moment, um, Havoya, just as a quick aside, that um, in my new weekend show, just sort of branching out and talking to a lot of authors and filmmakers and people from all walks of life doing different things. And um, what I do is on on a Monday or a Tuesday, I'll send out an email just thanking them and uh, recapping what we talked about, maybe send a link to the to the show. And uh, it's interesting when I get some feedback and people saying, well, you've now, you know, you've now picked up a half a dozen or a dozen new listeners, friends of mine that have tuned in and didn't even know that TNT radio was there. So I love that, that um, as, as we all want to, you know, have 5 million people watching all of our shows every day but it's a building process and we have to you know get better at what we do and we are and uh, and and also be able to continue to provide uh, new information in in that approach so it's really important i think that um uh, that we continue to serve in new ways and not be afraid to do the news differently like we are but at the same time point out uh, the the obvious and i think one day what will happen is people will tune in like i just said and say when did tnt radio get here where have they been all my life well we'll say we've been here for a few years now but thanks for coming in and uh, and joining in and uh, and this is where common sense um, prevails. But I, I still maintain uh, we have a, an optimistic, uh, well, I, I believe we have an optimistic view of the world to look forward to. I think that what's going on right now is that um, the, uh, the the powers that be, whether we call them the establishment, the elite, the deep state, whatever they are, uh, this is, um, I interviewed somebody on uh, on Saturday, Rick Brown, who described in great detail historically what the establishment was going right back a couple of hundred years, then coming into Antonio Gramsci, the Italian uh, explaining how he sort of tweaked Marxism to serve what he was talking about and the process of building establishment. Just just hold that thought. I did want to get your further thoughts on what some call the Great Awakening and and your optimism because even some of my guests, I had Carrie Baldwin on of Mere Liberty recently. She said she oscillates between black-pilled and white-pilled, but you're very um, forward-thinking. We're going to jump real quick to our headlines. We'll be right back. Here we go. TNT Radio News. News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Genesee Yvonne Moreno, who previously went by the name Jeffrey and has a criminal history dating back to 2005, was the assailant in the shooting at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church, leaving two injured. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is slated to return to his regular duties on Wednesday after being hospitalized due to an urgent bladder condition. Former President Donald Trump attended a private hearing at a federal courthouse in Florida on February 12th related to the discovery of classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back with Jason Olburn, and I always get confused. I always want to say Osborne, like Ozzy Osborne. But uh, could you remind us again, Jason? I, I've seen you, you know, you've got the program on TNT, but I've also seen you've got your uh, your own personal uh, program um, live stream on, on Facebook and elsewhere. Tell us again um, for listeners where, the, you know, what days they can find you on TNT and then if you've got um, y- your own personal show as well. Yeah, cool. So, um, well, the new show on TNT started uh, late last year called Weekends with me, Jason Olborn, and it airs on Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. Brisbane time and on Sunday from 3 to 6 p.m. Brisbane time. And, of course, now you can obviously watch them back, listen to them back as well. It's great now that we, um, if you go to the Rumble page, if you go to Rumble and you go to the TNT page, you get all our um, shows now uh, individually uploaded, which is wonderful. If you see something that you like, you can watch back, share it as well. Uh, It's just a really convenient way to do it. I set up um, World Series News about, it feels like about five years ago now on Facebook. I was um, going quite well sort of writing and posting, et cetera. And then I realized that um, that the uh, way that with the video that was working at the time, it just, you got a lot more reach. And so I started um, recording uh, various different interviews with with different people and was loving doing it. And it all changed for me when uh, COVID hit because um, no one was really doing COVID statistic reporting. And uh, I, I felt that it wasn't as difficult as what people were making it out to be. And all the information was available on, um, on the government health websites. So I started doing that and that got quite popular quite quickly. And I continue now on my um, page on Facebook, World Series News. Um, it, it, it officially says World Series News underground tv they won't let me change that title for some reason and i noticed today i went on to uh, to post some information and uh and, and for some reason i'm not able to post now on my page i can on my other pages uh and it comes up with a, an error that we're trying to fix i thought it's awfully convenient in the algorithm ghetto avoid that you've uh, kind of um uh, coined that phrase i feel like that they will do anything on social media these days to suppress anyone who's uh, challenging the status quo well, I mean, maybe just your further thoughts on that, because I just got an email today. I can't even review books now uh, on Amazon. I interviewed a former CIA guy, J. Michael Waller, and I um, I got another message from Amazon today saying, you posted something incorrectly. If you continue to post along these lines, we're talking about Amazon book reviews, um, that I, I will no longer have access to the Amazon community, I guess, when it comes to the book reviews. And what this has now made me think, I want to try and not purchase books anymore from from Amazon and see if I can find any alternatives. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to leave an Amazon book review uh, again after my um, experience. And, um, you know, some of the stories, Jason, that I've been, I've been catching today, you continue to see many countries around the world. Belize, I was just reading um, and I forget the uh, the other country, Indonesia, maybe they keep rolling out their digital IDs, you know, all this biometric stuff. How do you view um, all of these developments, uh, given that you, you seem to be, in general, pretty optimistic? Look, 
I have to say there are many occasions that uh, I feel a horrible, horrible, deep, dark depression, and I, I sort of take it on my own shoulders, and uh, and it gets me down, and I can get quite, you know, upset and a little bit cranky about the whole process. But I seem to circle back the same way to be able to take the time out to reflect, to consider the bigger picture. And you've only got to look at the way that, uh, and this is probably what I think reinforces me that uh, that we're onto something here now. You look at Trump on any given day under the weight of the world with criminal cases, you know, civil cases, just pile-ups one after the other, and yet he seems to be in total control. Sometimes he gets a little bit short. But then you look at the establishment that holds all the cards, all the money, all the resources, literally can print money at will, and they're the ones that are stressed, that are cranky, that are fighting, that are lying to our faces and refuse to be held to account for anything. And it says to me, therefore, that they don't really have the power that they make themselves out to have. Either they know through their own internal polling that they're doomed, or maybe there's something more behind it. You have to think that there's got to be something that Trump put into place to know what was coming up when this all happened, uh, when he knew that the election would be you know, tweaked or whatever was going on, and he may well lose office at that time. But this whole Great Awakening period is better served by Trump being out of office only to win and come back into office as opposed to doing two terms. I mean, what would have happened if he'd won a second term? Would he have been able to get rid of, um, uh, well, Bill Barr, of course, uh, had resigned in that in that period, but would he have got a, a better attorney general that wouldn't have been so snookered, by the way? I mean, Bill Barr really disturbs me. His own father employed Jeffrey Epstein, for goodness sake, as an unqualified university lecturer or something like that. Um, I mean, that, that to me just really reeks of uh, connections to the you know good old CIA. There it is again. Uh, we, we watch on in, in that process and, 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 and see just how tricky and how difficult this game really is. It's a game of inches. It seems that everyone one way or another is um, within the power structure is committed to the system that it is. And so this breakdown requires uh, you know a, a revolution of ideas uh, and demonstration. The fact that uh, you've got uh, Trump not starting any new wars, you've got Biden and pulling out of Afghanistan, uh, you've got um, you know the Israel conflict, you've got uh, Russia, Ukraine, all in this period of of Biden and Trump, you know, telling us we're going to end the war on day one, and it's very clear after that Putin speech that uh, it's going to happen. Um, they, they're just going to just going to do what they're going to do and end it and show the world that uh, that they've been manipulated for so long. So when I take all of that into account, when I hear from Putin saying that he's not interested in uh, in any form of World War III escalation, then you have to realise that uh, what we're being told in the West is something completely different. And again, in the West, when you talk digital ID and when you talk compulsory medicine and uh, and this, this global subservience to these unelected bodies of the WHO and the UN, et cetera, then you realise that for all the West telling us how wonderful that they are and how they're doing all this for our convenience and safety, as usual, it's always convenience and safety, that they're really not, that we're being sold up the river for another plan. And uh, when you realise again after that, that the BRICS group of nations are talking about a, uh, a multipolar world, the sharing of power, then you know that they're not necessarily signing up for a globalist one world government. Although it does spook me again that so many, although there are people resisting now uh, anything to do with the WHO, but I tend to think that the moment that Trump is um, is back in office, then the WHO can almost close its doors because they're going to be uh, annihilated. Trump will pull out. Um, Kennedy will be involved 
somewhere in this, I'm hoping as Trump's Attorney General, uh, and they are going to take them to task. And I think that'll be the beginning of the globalists falling down a hole. But this is, you know, this is a, a line of work, a, a plan that's been concocted possibly for, you know, millennia and certainly for uh, the entire time that Klaus Schwab has been spruiking uh, his uh, one shareholder position here at the World Economic Forum, um, where he... Um, He's been doing this for 50 years and seems to have brought them all in. I talked to Rick Brown on Saturday about this, about the idea of what stakeholder capitalism and how that works in, in this situation, that this, this grouping together, I mean, anything that consolidates power to a single point, uh, you realise can only be unhealthy because everything gets swept under the carpet that way. There's no more justice. There's no more transparency. And of course, the whole Julian Assange story, um, you know, tells us all right before our very eyes. And I do maintain that Julian Assange probably is the, the, the tip of the spear, as it were, in terms of the information. The moment that the world gets behind Assange, uh, the truth shall set us free. And that information, there will be no more cover-ups and out it comes. And he could well be the star witness in uh, in the greatest um, uh, set of legal um, uh cases, class actions that are coming. You've got obviously um, uh, COVID, the vaccine. Um, you've got uh, Assange, the various different things that he's talked about, uh, you know, war crimes, etc. cetera, um, Pizzagate through pedestal files. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, we are at the, at the, at the foot, the, 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 the gates of, of the great awakening. Yeah. And I do want to get your further thought just real quick on Assange in the week. Uh, it's going to be the, his final, what do you call it? The Hail Mary um moment on whether he's going to be extradited tnt is going to be covering that uh of course everyone's talking about it here at anarchapulco it's really it's for me it's 50 50 jason i've got no idea whether they won't extradite him or if they do it's again that sets a precedent for all of us you know do you think he's gonna uh, get out of jail isn't it, isn't it horrible that we have to get to a stage now that we 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 don't trust the system that much? So it kind of comes down to crossing our fingers and hoping that uh, sanity will prevail and there'll be some form of uh, legal argument. Just as a comparison, though, um, there's a an Australian doctor uh, who has just had his case discontinued, uh, where he was um, involved with uh, rescuing some children um, who were presented to him, who were the victims of sexual abuse. It was all turned on its head. It took 10 years and they threatened him and uh, accused him of being a, a child trafficker. This is how much things get flipped upside down. I'm working on an interview with this uh, Australian doctor in, in the coming weeks on my show to get the details, but it just shows you that how um, everything can be flipped upside down. So in the Assange case, I mean, you would have to think that the awareness levels are at a point where people have to consider what's really going on uh, and, and what and, and, and the idea of, of holding this man uh, in prison without charge for so long for an extradition. And when you watch the film The Trustful, you'll realise that uh, one of the things that's been used as an excuse for a very long time was that Assange put people at risk through the um, the release of certain uh, diplomatic cables and information. Well, the film covers that in great detail and it explains how he had journalists from Der Spiegel and uh, from New York Times who were going through and redacting appropriate information. They were happy and Julian said, no, we still need to do more. So he was erring on the side of caution even further than these recognised mainstream newspaper articles. So we know that Julian's been played um, uh, terribly uh, and clearly it's to cover up the, uh, it's these, you know, the, these sins that have been going on for so long. So, you know, you do, you do get to a position where you go, well, let's just see what happens and, and, and pray that this is the case. But uh, 
again, I mean, I, I'm fearful for Julian. I, I'm very sad that he's so unwell uh, and, and living in those conditions. Uh, it, it breaks my heart that this could even go on. And yet, you know what? I, I, I dig deep in this occasion. And, I, and, and here's something I'd like to bring up for, for, for everyone's benefit. Here in Australia, we are a Commonwealth country. We are a part of the monarchy. Uh, now, if you're really thinking about that process, people sort of pull a line in the sand and they say, look, we've got to remain a monarchy. The Republic is sort of, you know, UN and opens up all these different gates, et cetera. But when you look at the monarchy and you see Prince William, you know, standing on stage with Klaus Schwab and uh, uh, making um, uh, new things for Julian, Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand to do in various different uh, things linked there through the globalists and other globalist connections of William, you know that the next king is a total globalist. And you have to say, if you support the monarchy at that point, you've really got to reconsider your position because you're still getting funneled into, you know, this uni party, this Hobson's choice. And you've got to say, well, maybe we've got to become a republic and maybe we've got to have a real deep think on how that would be framed. The one thing that Australians didn't want was politicians to select the president. People want to have a say. And I wonder, at the end of all of this, if Australia's um, version of Nelson Mandela is a released Julian Assange who drops the lid on all of it, and I wonder if he would make a first president of Australia. That's how far I look down the, these different positive vibes and thinking that there's got to be a, a good way out of this. You're talking about a republic. I, I know Cecil Rhodes would not be happy. He wanted the Commonwealth to form the basis for world um, government. And although I know there is also a movement in Australia, which is interesting. There's a movement in Australia to bring back uh, a monarchy, but we're going to jump to our break. Jason, uh, we'll be right back. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, the latest in the Michael Mann versus Mark Stein trial is a little bit interesting, and I'm trying to figure out if this is right. Apparently, Dr. Mann's lawyers, there are four of them, and remember, Mark Stein is defending himself by himself. Apparently, they've asked for a nominal fee as far as damages go, and there is a rumor that what was asked for, now sit down, you ready for this? was $1. Now, Mark Stein has spent around $3.5 million, I've heard, I don't know, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, defending himself from Michael Mann and Michael Mann's lawsuit over the fact that Mark Stein thinks that Michael Mann hid the data and he called him a fraud, right? Now, I could see, for instance, let's say uh, the number one climatologist in the world said that to you. That's one thing. But Mark Stein is a journalist. That's the first thing. Second thing is he had to raise the money to defend himself. And we've gone over this. But $1? Why would Michael Mann only want $1? You know why? He just wants the decision. He just wants to be able to say, see, he actually did defame me. I won the court case. Well, I don't think Stein wants any part of that because of the fact that he wants to drill it home that what Michael Mann did, take two samples out of 22 and then hide, he did. He hit the data from people who would criticize it and actually tear it apart. Mark Stein wants that to come out. One's pursuing the truth, the other seems to be hiding it. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature even though we all depend on it for life itself. 
But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment here with Jason Olborn. I always get confused. Osborne, check out, uh, just go to tntradio.live and you'll find uh, on the, the presenters tab his uh, show. Uh, and it's been really fun, uh, you know, Jason, getting to talk. Um, I was on Pellis show last week. Uh, I've been on yours. You've been now on mine. I got to meet Patrick Henningsen. Been hanging out with him um, all week here. Great fun, uh, this uh, TNT camaraderie. Uh, and so, um, yeah, to get your sort of f- further thoughts on the machinations of the elites, you know, there's this all, all this talk about disease X. Um, Jeff Berwick's theory, again, is that it it makes logical sense. A lot of us have been entertaining this idea that whatever was injected into people, maybe that will be activated, uh, and then they will call that disease X, and maybe more people will actually be dying from whatever um, they are activating in people's bloodstreams, whether it's the graphene or, or who knows uh, what. And that would be a frightening scenario because that would give them good pretext to lock us down again. There's this talk about cyber uh, warfare every daily you know daily now you can see all these stories about cyber attacks all over the place and at the same time we got the green agenda you know the at the start of the hour i was discussing how politico was publishing just publishing an article saying 2040 um no cars no meat you're gonna live in a downsized cramped apartment and so you know your, your further thoughts on, on some of these issues I, I was listening to your opening there, and, and the moment you said the idea that you're going to be asked to check yourself out at the age of 60, and immediately I thought of the uh, the film Soylent Green, uh, and, and I felt like for a long time that uh, we are one way or another being led down this strange pathway of ultra-communism, and that's the idea of putting absolutely everyone ahead of yourself. And that actually reminds me something, Havoye. A couple of years ago when my um, my eldest son had started high school, was smack bang in the middle of the lockdowns, and uh, he was sent home some schoolwork, and it was an English assignment. It wasn't social studies or anything like that. And I can clearly remember what it said. It said, globalists believe that they put all other people before themselves. Discuss. That blew my mind. I thought, hang on a second. What do you mean put everyone else before yourself? Are you telling me that the that the axe murderer comes before yourself, that the guy that breaks into your home uh, comes before yourself, that uh, you're not allowed to uh, put food on the table should someone knock on the door and say, give me your food, I'm hungry? I mean, what a ridiculous statement. But this was the indoctrination that was going on in the schools. So when you consider that that's the approach that's going on, you feel like that our children are literally being set up to say, well, if I'm not a productive member of society or if I uh, realise I'm too old, I, I bought a 
at 60. Well, I will now check out and hand that over to the next generation. You can almost feel that this is this this, this psychotic uh, situation now that we, that we live in. So free will is something of the past, and I've talked about this for a long time. We're living in a world that is determined to create hive-mindedness, which for mine was what attracted me to the whole, um, you know, off-planet ET stories, because we were told through the movies all along that these uh, these creatures that we see in Close Encounters, etc., in those old movies, uh, were genetically modified, that they were uh, they, they didn't have a soul and they were technically hive-minded and they communicated through forms of telepathy. So we kind of think that they're advanced, but in many ways, they're not. So humanity is so disrespected at this, this time that you realise that uh, there's something amiss. The conclusions, uh, Havoye, that, that I draw from all of this uh, is that before pre-vaccine, uh, so I, I look at the world as pre-2020 and I think of it also as pre-2021, meaning that uh, pre-vaccine, I was of the opinion through you know the work that we did with Amelia Mums for informed consent, for example, that I wanted to save everyone. And I wanted people to be aware that at the very least some will take it, but there would be, you know, people that would understand informed consent and would understand that maybe through the information that was seeping through the cracks that I need to just be a little bit more aware of what is going on. That's not the case. I now look at it and think of uh, Dennis Meadows, the uh, the old uh, Council on Foreign Relations scientist, I believe he's still alive today, I've played his clips on, on, on my shows in the past, who says that he believed in, um, in, in the depopulation agenda insofar as he thought that the world could only sustain a billion people, possibly two, and his wishes were simply that it would be peaceful and fair. He thought the cull of humanity should be peaceful and fair. I mean, that's how crazy these people really are to think that that's the case. I mean, there's got to be a million different ways that you can announce to the world that, you know, part of this green agenda is that there's too many of us, we believe, and therefore we're going to institute different ways. Like you could create a license for having children, for example, the opposite of um, or, or just having, you know, free abortion or, or something like that. You could create different ways of educating people to say, okay, it is a very tough world, but we're going to have a moratorium perhaps on population growth, or we're going to limit it in certain ways. Not so much as far as China did. That brings up a whole new set of problems. China is in so much a problem with, with, with their new generation of people that just don't want to participate in a world where their parents have worked for slave wages. Uh, they live in this um, in this virtual ghetto, all for the purpose of the state and the economic growth. So that system doesn't work. China's population, we're now hearing, is uh, has been miscounted. There are more people or less people. Uh, for example, uh, this is crazy. I almost feel like we're not getting the full figures out of China. Were they trying to cull their elderly? That's what we're seeing here. Was COVID an excuse to cull the elderly, to create this silent green approach? I mean, there's so many obscure uh, scenarios playing out that you have to think that all roads lead to depopulation. And therefore, if you then adopt the uh, the strategy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, that anyone supporting globalist agenda is the energy enemy of humanity and therefore cannot be trusted. And I think that's ties back into this great awakening. I think that's where the, the great pivot is because don't tell me that I can't eat meat. Don't tell me that that I have to eat bugs or I have to do anything that you're saying. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm happy to be completely self-sufficient and completely independent of any government telling me anything, including that I have to be compulsorily medicated to protect myself against a disease that we don't even know where it came from that is certainly man-made. I mean, it, it's just a hoax and a joke. Jason, don't give them ideas about um, requiring licenses, a license to, <laughs> to have children. We got just a couple minutes left. Um, uh, you know, any further thoughts on 
what we can do, you know, wh what I hear a lot is, you know, and Acapulco and the greater resets is a community network. You got to have a physical, you know, build our virtual as we are digital virtual network, which facilitates meeting in person, like I'm doing now at Acapulco, uh, local networks, um, involved in organizations such as yours to push back against the, the health tyranny and any other thought on things that people can do. Here's, here's my approach, and it's almost an epiphany. I interviewed a fellow uh, uh, last week called Josiah Baker on my show. I encourage people to check out the interview. He was the translator for a book called The Optimist, written by Ulf Sandstrom, a Swedish therapist and author. Changed my life already. It, 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 it changes everything about the way you do. You put yourself first. You become self-sufficient, but you live your best life, as our own Charles Covest said on his Sunday show. Do not let the bastards keep you down, as Joachim Hagopian also says in his book. And I think that's the best way. We live our best life. Always turn your weaknesses to your strengths. That That's a uh, wonderful way uh, to close, uh, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do, and we're just going to live our lives, do do the best that we can. Uh, thank you, Jason, for coming on to the Hiroi Mori Show for the first time. Uh, it's, it's always great chatting with you. My privilege. Thank you. All right. Check out Jason's show over at TNTRadio.live. Check out his replays. Uh, I'll be back with uh, Jeremy Ryan Slate uh, just after the break.